Welcome to the T2 Hubcast. Join Martin, Dave, Spencer and guests as they discuss all things personal and professional development. The T2 Hubcast, brought to you by the People Performance People. So welcome back to the T2 Hubcast with me, Martin Johnson. And me, Dave Pendleton. Dave, how the devil are you? How are you? Good. And you? Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. Nice. We've been busy. Um, we wanted to get back in. We haven't done as much hubcasting of late um, as we usually do because we've been out on the road delivering. Doing delivery. Sure. We've been engaging with customers. We've been doing one-to-one coaching. So we've, we've, got to, we've got to make more time, Dave, to do more of these. Mm. And I think this hubcast today comes on the back of a session Dave and I delivered um, on Monday. Yep with a customer, a large customer around sales, and they wanted us to come in and work with their sales teams. And it was an outbound telephone sales team. Mm. So these people are tasked with being on the phone, making 100 calls a day, you know, outbound sales calls, cold calls, if you like, and trying to basically sell products. Yeah. And um, what they wanted is they were jumping straight into product, Dave. So their sales manager was saying, listen, they're getting on the phone and they're jumping straight into selling the features, functionality and benefits of the product. Mm. And we want them to not do that. We want them to sort of navigate the early part of that call a little bit better. So we were tasked with going in. We had two hours. We delivered some really cool stuff. And we just thought we'd uh, take a section of it, which you delivered, Dave. And we'd debate it on this podcast. The section we're going to debate is what we call the mission of discovery. Now, if anybody has followed what we do at T2 and and, and in sales, the mission of discovery is how do we find out the key client opportunities or problems, Mm. the things we're trying to solve before we go into the cell? And uh, Dave, you've spent 20 odd years in L&D and and most of that has been around sales uh, development and um, you just took them through a great section around how you ask three different types of questions to navigate that mission of discovery. Yeah. So you actually end up not even selling. You're sort of just aligning mm. products and services Absolutely. to what they need. Yeah. And I loved yeah, it. Yeah. So do you want to just introduce the three types of questions and then we'll just go into them one by one, Dave, and maybe just brainstorm it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I, I guess the, the the setup is that, you know, all salespeople uh, have been through some sort of sales training type scenario in the organization that they work for, some of it very quick and fleeting, some of it much more long-winded and so forth. But most most salespeople have been through some kind of sales training around open questions, closed questions, rhetorical questions, probing questions, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, but I guess, you know, what, what I learned a good few years ago is actually some question types that are just smarter than that. You know, why do we want to ask a question that we get a yes, no answer? Yeah. And that's the the point in that. Yeah. That's the challenge, isn't it? You know, because then you get yourself down a rabbit hole where you're, you're sort of trying to, it's quite awkward. If you asked Mm. um, a closed question and someone says no. So what? Yeah, exactly. So then you're trying to think of another question on the spot and then all of a sudden it feels very salesy and people are trying to get rid of you. And I think the art of the telephone sale is, or or even like that lead generation aspect of it is you've got to buy yourself time on the phone. You've got a signal friend not for, um, but you have to engage in a a more natural conversation Conversation, rather than it be yes absolutely and that's what i think in the work you do dave with customers that's what you uh that's what you get across really really well because i think 
even the most tenured sales team sometimes actually stop and think and go, yeah, I'm getting into mm. like an interrogation mm. too early, mm. too early in the process. So anybody listening to this Hubcast, Dave, who are, who are a salesperson, whether it's telephone-based or field-based, if an element of your role is to open up net new opportunities through calling, through emailing, whatever it might be, we're going to take calling on this particular Hubcast. How can you do that a bit more effectively? Absolutely. So you you believe in uh, in a line of questioning yep. that's well-placed, timely, relevant, and that flows naturally. And sequential. Yeah. So what is the let, – let, so let's do this sequentially then. What's the first type of questions salespeople should be asking on a sales call? Okay. The first type of question that I've got is is simply called a background question. Right, background questions. Yeah, absolutely. So all we're trying to do is discover as much as we can about this customer – their supply chain, the product types, the amounts, the frequency, the logistics, uh, and all those fantastic um, answers that will give us some really good insight about what this customer's business looks like. Yeah, and the reason that's important when you when you speak about this in in rooms and in you know in your talks is is because if we're going to have a successful conversation around when we get to the meaty stuff. Yeah. We can't be guessing around the customer situation. No, exactly. If we're guessing, then we're going to fa- find ourselves down those rabbit holes very quickly because oh, yeah. we're going to end up with a lot of mm. no answers, mm, right? Absolutely. So by doing the background questions first, you're almost setting the scene and clarifying the current environment, the current situation, which then leads on to me asking well-placed and timely questions. Yeah, yeah. So give me an example of what you mean by a background question, Dave. Well, I mean, you, you just very simply work with, the, the four W's and the H, right? which are the who, where, when, what, and how. Yeah. So uh, who is it you get your product from? Yeah, I know that sounds simple, right? Mm. Who are you currently using? Yeah, absolutely. You might already know that. You might not. But who are you currently using? Yeah. Is it just a sole provider? Do you have multiple providers? Absolutely. What's the split of the percentage of orders you place yeah. with them? So you're just establishing who. Who's right. currently providing right. with you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. How frequently do you get your product? When does it arrive? With what frequency? You know? And of course, this is where you were using an analogy here of a physical product. Yeah. But absolutely. let's say you provide a service. Could be a service exactly it, the same. It, it, it's still relevant. Yeah, You're still asking background questions yeah. about who provides yeah. this service. How what, frequently do you use it? Yeah. Do you have a maintenance yeah. package? You know, is do you it more beginning of the month, end of the month? Do you do you pay monthly? Whatever it might be. Things, yeah. Right. Absolutely. Okay. So background questions are. Basic questions for you to establish the current yep. situation. Yeah, absolutely. And very rarely, this is a really important point, very rarely will there be just a yes, no answer, yeah. if at all. Because if you ask how many, it would be kind of idiotic for them just to say yes or no. Yeah. <laughs> so let me, let how me, many gets an answer? Let me ask you a question at this, at this point. Assuming that the client is engaging in the conversation, yep. this is great. What about when you get those really tricky customers where you're trying to ask background questions to establish the current situation, but they're interrupting you halfway through because they're going, listen, listen, just tell me, what is this about? Do you recommend that they jump straight into, therefore, then what this is about? Or do you reckon they, because if you don't answer their questions, this is the thing. And if they try and stay in the process, they're just going to, they're just going to piss the person off. Yeah. They're just going to elevate their emotions. Sure. So if someone jumps in and says, you're asked, you're trying to ask background questions, you know, who do you currently use? You know, what's your need? You know, how often? And they go, whoa, hang on a second. Did, did you say your name was Dave? Yep, Dave. Right. What's this about? Because I'm busy. Mm. Wow. 
What, where do they go from that? Do they try and stay in the process or do you have to acknowledge the situation and get straight to the point? Yeah, well, I think I think there's obviously been a little bit of work up front. So, I mean, I guess we've missed we've missed a little bit of the process on this. So, this is assuming podcast. you've done the the start. So, of the assuming call. we've asked permission to ask questions. So, assuming we've got past the gatekeeper, we're talking to the right person, you know, and so on and so forth. Then we've all we've almost gained permission to start asking these questions. But I mean, you know, I guess a, a, an answer to your question would very simply be: uh, I, I'm asking you a bunch of questions. Because I really want to see if our business can help your business. Yeah. Either save you time, save you money, help you solve some problems that you might have with your supply of whatever this thing is. Yeah, cool. And that's a really important point. I think you've answered it well. This is assuming you've done the opening of the call. So we have three steps, don't yeah. we? You've got to en- it's on another hubcast. You've got to engage in dialogue. Yeah. You've got to create some familiarity. Yeah. You've got to establish a reason. Correct. Assuming you've done those well, then you're in the background questions already. Yeah, if you've jumped into background questions too early, you've probably not done the prior. So you're you, not going to get much joy out of that. For exactly. Sure, you won't ask permission essentially. So so what we're talking about here is make sure you've navigated the early part of the call where you've entered into dialogue, I am friend, not foe. Yeah. You've created some familiarity and rapport yeah. between you and you've established the reason and they're still on the call and going, okay, yeah. I will give you some time. Yeah. Then you start with background questions. Sure. Cool. So background questions, just to reiterate, it's, it's not asking anything else than the base level questions of what is the current landscape, what is the current Absolutely. situation, who provides you, with what, how often, et cetera, et cetera. Correct. Just cool. trying to get a basic understanding of this person's world, if you like. Cool. All right, great stuff. So next type of question, then. assuming you ask a great background question and you get a, an answer, which excites you, mm-hmm. salespeople then want to jump straight into the cell. Mm-hmm but we're not there yet. So what's the next type of question you would advise that you move on to? Well, the next type of question is is what I call issue questions. So we we can only ask an issue question when we hear something, when we hear an answer off of a background question that gives us like a little hook that we might be able to uh, explore a little further, if you like. So for example, we we ask um, where this person, this customer, this opportunity gets their stuff from. And they say, well, do you know, we don't necessarily have a specific supplier. We use multiple suppliers. So I guess me being a sensible human being might think to myself, actually, this might cause problems. We don't know for sure whether it will or it won't. But what we can do is say, after we found out that answer, we can say, oh, hey, listen, I think that's an interesting thing that you get this thing from multiple suppliers. Do you have any issues with that? So these are problem questions. Well, they are questions designed to uncover problems, issues, or areas of dissatisfaction. Like it. So we've asked uh, we've asked uh, background questions. Yep. We've we've found out a bit of information. Yep. Now we want to just progress it to find, to ask a problem or issue question. Yeah. Which is or issue questions, which is like. Is there anything wrong with that? Is that causing you any pain? Correct. So so that's where the sale's going to come from because this is an important one. I'm going to ask you a question on here. Mm. Let's say you progress and ask if there's any issues yep. with that. And they say, do you know what, Dave? No, it's fine. We have yep. great suppliers mm. and everything's, everything's tickety-boo. What's your advice then? Ask another um, background question. 
love this. Don't kill yourself. Don't Pe- murder yourself trying to people are tr- pain that's yeah. not there. People, salespeople sometimes try to create the issue yeah, or the absolutely. problem when clearly the customer doesn't have one. Sure. So rather than just doing that, just leave that be. So if you say, right, they have, like they said, we have multiple providers and you yeah. go, does that cause you an issue with, with you know. Billing uh, maybe. Co- yeah, billing mm. or consistency in lead times. Does it, co- yeah. does it cause you a problem? And they go, do you know what? No, it works for us because if Correct. one if one can't supply us, the other one can. Absolutely. So we've always got a plan B. Yeah. If that's the case, say, right, great, fine. You've got yeah, to come absolutely. back to another background question to find another avenue. Yeah. Because what people try and do is they try and stay in that lane yeah, and force the issue. Yeah, absolutely. And and it would be tempting for a salesperson to say, well, surely that must cause you problems with billing. Surely paying six bills at the end of a month rather than just paying one bill, you know, that must be time yeah. heavy for your accounts department so, and so forth. And if they say, uh, well, no, no, or actually, do you know what I mean? I don't care about accounts as long as I get the gear. Uh, it's just going to frustrate the prospect. It is. And that's the last thing we want. And they're going to feel like you're trying to force a sale. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. So great tip at this point on this. Ask a background question. And then when you ask if there are any issues with that, yeah. and they say, no, it's fine. Actually, it's a great service or whatever it might be. Fantastic. Don't mm-hmm. try to progress that any further. Mm-hmm. Acknowledge it. Come back into another background question, Yeah. which, which might be on... Um, it might be, for example, if you've asked a question around multiple suppliers, it might then be the back. The other question might be, you know, what's your lead times? Mm. And they might go, well, it's around five, five to seven days. And you might then be able to pick up that you can do it in two to three days. So you can ask an issue question. Does the sometimes five to seven days cause you a problem? Yeah. And if they go, actually, sometimes when we need an urgent order, Yes, it does. Yeah, they can't do it. That bang, now you're into an issue you that go. you can solve. Correct. So don't try and force the first one. Come back to find what you might be able to solve. Exactly. Love that. Yeah, exactly. So is it is it normal on sales calls then, Dave, that you could, as a salesperson, you could be going through background questions, issue questions, background issue two or three times before mm. you find absolutely. something you can latch on to? Yeah, absolutely. And and I guess you, you're, you're, your hidden agenda or your alternative motive for for – uh, the background question is, is uh, as I said, it is to uncover as much information as you can, but it is to try and discover those pain points. Yeah. Because as you know, my philosophy of, of what a salesperson should be is nothing more than a problem solver. Yeah. The thing is we can't solve problems unless we uncover them. Yeah. Because I can't read your mind. I don't know what's causing you pain. No. But you can't jump straight into problems before Correct. you know the background. Absolutely. We've right. got to create a feeling of trust and rapport. We've got to feel that the customer prospect has got to feel slightly relaxed I'm happy that this person is actually trying to understand my business rather than just sell me product. Cool. Love it. So let me just repaint the journey we've gone on so far. Sure. Use the same opportunity, and then I want to progress to the next level. Yeah. So the salesperson started on the phone. Mm-hmm. They've they've asked a background question of, you know, um, who currently provides yeah, your, your product. So, so who currently provides your products? The client has responded and said, we have multiple um, we have multiple providers. Mm-hmm. They then shifted to the issue questions and went, does that cause you a problem having multiple suppliers? And the client responds with, no, actually it doesn't. It gives us a plan B yep. if one person's unable to provide. So you've come back to a background question and they've mm-hmm. gone, okay, you know, what's the lead times for most of those suppliers that you use? Yeah. They've gone, well, actually, it's five to seven days. Mm. So you've gone back into an issue question and gone, does that cause you a problem sometimes when you need products really urgently? Mm. And the clients responded with, yes, it does. 
So that's the journey so far. Yeah. Right. So now you're onto the. You've got an issue. Correct. You've, you've asked about. It, you've got an issue, and you you know your lead times are two to three days. Yeah. So there's an opportunity next day. Next day, there's an opportunity for you here. Sure. Right. Even if you just even if you're just accepted as another supplier on their books, there's an mm. opportunity here. Right. Okay, so what's the next? So they've acknowledged that the lead times are an issue. What's the next type of question the salesperson, the fa- the third and final type of question they should transition to? Well, of course, the tempting thing here for salespeople is just to start selling, right? Right. There's an issue. I'm going to sell against it. We can yeah. do two-day lead We've times. Got the hook. Yeah, yeah. We've absolutely. got the old-fashioned hook. Great. There's an opportunity. Oh, so listen, Mr. Customer, we can do it in one to two days. In fact, we might even be able to do it next day. How does that sound? Well, we've not built enough urgency yet, right? And so there's is, another layer to come. As you, as you rightly identify, really, we need to we need to carry out another couple of uh, stages, really. Um, and the next question type is is what we call an anxiety question. Yep. So we we I suppose we uncover the pain, we poke the pain by asking problem questions. Now we want to grow the pain. So let me ask you, um, Mr. Smith. Um, you've just mentioned that sometimes all we're doing here is reiterating what the customer yeah, said yeah. because they can't disagree with it. So let me just remind you, Mr. Smith, am I right in saying when when your lead times are five to seven days, sometimes you do need things more urgently. Is that right? You would say yes, of course. So say, And you obviously said that does cause you a bit of a problem sometimes. Yes, it does. What knock-on effect does that sometimes have on your business or your customers. Yeah. So it's the that's knock the, on So effect. that's the anxiety question. That's your anxiety question. Because we want them to actually bring to the front of the mind the problems and issues, not that it causes them, but it causes their customers in turn. And the reason you call this an anxiety question is because is it's designed, it sounds cruel, but it's not. <laughs> it's, it's designed to create a level of anxiety and realization mm. in the mind of the customer or prospect that says, do you know what? Yeah, that, yeah. that that's not acceptable. Why am I settling That's this? not acceptable. I need to do something about that. Correct. So let me just replay this because I love this. So you've, you've had a go at an initial background question yep. and a problem question that didn't really go anywhere. Yep. You've come back to a Another background question on lead times. That's Which is the de- same topic, by the way. Yeah, that's developed into a an issue question where we found the issue, yeah. but now we want to grow that pain. So before we jump in with the sale and what we can do in that area, yeah. we've gone. What knock on effect does that have on your business and most most importantly your customers? Correct. That's an anxiety question. That before we're going to get them sale, we're trying to bring it alive in their mind yeah. that there is a need for potential change. Absolutely. Yeah. We're trying to get the customer to create their own urgency rather than us create the urgency for them. Because, you know, we've got a saying that logic is very rarely persuasive. Me telling you that it's a problem might work. It might not. You telling you that it's a problem will work every time. Yeah. Everybody always thinks it's a good idea if it's their idea in the first place. (laughs) So then, because that's the art of selling without selling. It's the art of them feeling like they're buying rather than you're selling. So love that. So there's three types of questions we're saying here. You've got to ask background questions to progress to issue questions. And only when there's an issue can you progress to an anxiety question, which is really going to elevate that urgency and compelling reason to buy. Sure, absolutely. 
So, um, do you want it, me to just chuck a final question? Type yeah, in there? yeah. I mean, so so when you ask that anxiety question, the customer probably would. I don't know if you see this, Dave, but when you ask anxiety questions, they pause for a bit. Absolutely. Because you're saying, what is the knock-on effect or impact on your customer? And they actually look upwards, don't they? It's like, well, obviously, it's not good. And, you know, our, we're very fortunate that our customers stay loyal, but sometimes they need product urgently. So, Absolutely. we, you know, we need it urgently. Absolutely. And again, listen, let's not beat ourselves up. If it does get to that point where we've managed to ask the anxiety question, they say, well, do you know what? Um, our customers are really understanding. So, actually, it's okay. We just start again yeah. with a new background Because question. clearly there's no anxiety there. Let's not right. try and build it where it doesn't exist. Love that. So what's the, so so at this point, right, Dave, the, the, you know, the temptation is we've done background question, issue question, established there's an issue. Yeah. We've asked the anxiety question. Yeah. We've elevated the need and the emotion. Right. They're now thinking about this. They want to jump in and say, listen, we can do 24-hour lead times, blah, 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 blah. What's, is there another Resist. layer? There's another Resist. layer. We're still not selling yet. Don't sell yet. Right, okay. We're still not there yet. Go on then. What's the next next part? The, the final bit is is it kind of helps towards your close, really. Because as we know, there's an awful lot of salespeople out there who are just not very good at asking for the business. Yeah. Not very good at yep. closing. Um, so all we've got to do here is just, again, replay what the customer's just said. So, Mr. Smith, let me just clarify. You said that this is a problem. It causes you problems here with your customers. This is the knock-on effect. So would it help if there was a service out there that could alleviate those problems with next day delivery? Yeah. You know that you can supply next day delivery. So all you're getting them to do is confirm a need from their perspective, which aligns with a service that you can provide. And this aligns when, as you know, Dave, when I talk about the close and I talk about the mutually agreed plan, Rather than the, the salesperson driving the agenda, right. you're flipping it on its head. And, you, and I always say at the end of a sales meeting, you should be, if it's a good meeting, you should be saying to the, the prospect, what do you now need to see from me in order to come to consider this and come to a conclusion and, and be quiet? What you're saying here is you're just going to replay the situation and then finish with a, would it help yeah. or would it be How of value? Would, would yeah. it be of value if you could have an extra provider in your portfolio that could deliver with next day delivery. And at this point, they've got no other option but to say, well, of course. Absolutely, it would. It would really help in some occasions, yeah. And then it's sort of like, well, listen, we can they've do created it. created the listen, reason to buy. Listen, we could do that for you. That's, that's almost like the final line, isn't it? You know, Absolutely. it's like it happens organically. Correct. Love it. That's really, really powerful. I think, I think one of the things for me is... Um, and it would take it would take practice and repetition for this, Dave. Yeah, it would. Um, and 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 for me, I think you need if you was a salesperson because because every question around um, around background issues and anxiety would differ depending on the company and the product. Mm -hmm. You have to create your own questions. Yeah, absolutely. But I would have like a, a, a battle sheet, you know, like a laminated guide yeah. where you've I've got mm -hmm. twelve questions I can ask, which are background questions. Mm -hmm. I've got then. 12 progressive issue questions, mm. and then I've got some killer anxiety questions. Yeah. So I can actually just go in. If I'm on the phone, I can look down and I can find which one I want to choose and play in the right situation. But almost like like you said, if they're not working, just come back to the start Absolutely. of the process yeah, and try absolutely. another one. Sure. Yeah, and it takes time. Yeah, it really does. It takes time. It takes practice. Um, it takes a, a really great knowledge of your business, your supply, your products, and so forth. Because if we're trying to solve problems, we've got to know how we can – uh, solve those problems like immediately. Mm. So in terms of your clock speed, your clock speed has got to be great. 
Because the last thing we want to do is take the customer down a process and they say, yes, it really would help having a business on board or a new supplier who could send stuff next day and then we can't supply next day. Yeah. So that's yeah. the last thing we want to do. Yeah, the, the false promise. Correct. Yeah, and, and I guess clock speed, you mentioned there, this is about clock speed. Reading the conversation, because the conversation's got to be natural. It can't be too yeah. scripted. Correct. Learning where to, you know, navigate the conversation yeah. and come back. And that's the yeah. ability to Absolutely. think on your feet. And we always yeah. talk about clock speed in sales. And it's the ability to link the questions together because yeah, they have to link and they have to be sequential. Yeah. If you start asking the sort of payoff questions towards the end at the beginning, you're going to sound like a crank and you're going to get nothing back. And also listening with intent to understand because Absolutely. because if you're just listening to some information and you're yeah. skipping ahead and ahead, sure. but you don't, you don't truly understand what the customer's saying, you're going, yeah, you're yeah. going, to, you're going to fall foul. Yeah. Um, but I love that. And I think my, the biggest message from this Hubcast for me is too often do t- specifically telephone people because they're under pressure. Let's let's be honest. Yeah, absolutely. They're under yeah. pressure because people are trying to get rid of them from the start. Yeah. We believe that the best telephone salespeople out there who we've trained and we've engaged with, we always teach them, you've got sort of four steps. You've got to, you've got to engage in dialogue at the start. Mm-hmm. Your first 10 seconds is crucial. Yeah. You've then got to create some familiarity to settle the conversation down. You've got to establish the reason for the call and assuming then you're still on that call, mm-hmm. You've then got to go on the mission of discovery, which yeah. is step four. Absolutely. And the mission of discovery is exactly what we've been talking around. Three types of questioning that you piece together. And if you can't find something, you just go back to the start and you start again. Correct. But you're looking for background questions mm-hmm. to establish the situation. Mm-hmm. You're then looking for issue questions to find out if there's actually a problem with yeah, that. Absolutely, yeah. And then you, if assuming you've got that you're looking to hit a couple of anxiety questions yeah. to hit the pain points that that's currently, Correct. you know, giving them or their customers. Which is what helps create the compelling, compelling reason, reason to buy, buy. in yeah. the mind of the buyer. Love it. Not in the mind of the seller. Love it. And assuming you've done that, then a, a close generally starts to happen organically rather than mm. it be a tactic. The, the close yeah. is almost just a reiteration of what we've said. And, and a mutually agreed plan of the next steps. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Dave loved that. Uh, I think that'll do for us around 25 minutes. Um, We'll post this one to the hub, and um, yeah, if anybody's interested and wants to uh, to know more about the workshops we run and how we deep dive into training mm. sales teams and organisations on how you effectively master this questioning, then you know, get in touch with us and we'll we'll have a chat with you. Absolutely, Dave Pendleton. Thank you very much, and uh, pleasure as always. We'll see you for another T Two Hubcast. Ta-ra.